Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. Hour number two, John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. We're with you until 1 o'clock, 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give us a call or shoot us a text this rainy and windy Bay Area morning and on into the afternoon here uh, on 95.7 The Game. So stay safe, stay dry. Uh, we got a full day of Warriors coverage coming your way here on 95.7 The Game with the Warriors and the Celtics tonight from Chase. Again, we'll be with you until 1, and then uh, I'm going to be back at 4.30 with Warriors Live from Chase, Warriors and Celtics, and also uh, post-game tonight, Whitey, from the team shop. So I'm going to see how, you know, how how many hats and shirts and jerseys and all kinds of stuff I can I can uh, you know get comped just for you and your family. I want to take you. care of you and your family. I appreciate no, that. I, I, nothing for me, but I know you. A lot Thank of Warrior you. fans in the in the Gleason household. Yes, so we're going to make yes. sure I we take care of you tonight. I, the, the and if you can find an extra yeah, large, stay that, high an extra large that'd be great too. Yeah, Look extra, extra large, large for Craig. Yeah. I'm just worried about uh, your load being managed properly, JD. I mean that's a heavy load in today's NBA. I mean, my goodness, there, you're not under a minutes restriction or anything today. No, no minutes restriction. I did have the last couple of days off. Okay, Thursday there you and go. Friday, so I'm, I'm feeling right. good, and yeah. I do have Monday off. So it's nice. you know it, okay. the, the games are picking on. Not that anybody cares, but it's you know Niner Niner coverage tomorrow. Got the double day with the the show, and then the the Warrior game tonight, and then the Niner coverage tomorrow. And then Monday off. So it's 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 a back to back and a tough back to back. But there is some <laughs> built in days off surrounding the back to back. So it's really really not gotcha. that big of a deal. I understand. Plus, I'm not yeah. Paul George or Kawhi or or Donovan Donovan Mitchell. Just yeah, I don't feel like playing tonight. We got another game tomorrow. I won't won't do that. So I think De'Aaron Fox. There was a little of that going on, maybe with the Kings. Uh, it was a, a hell of a win for them. But, yeah. but No Donovan Mitchell. No De'Aaron Fox. You want to watch that game? And it ended up being a fun game last night. In a you know in a wild night of NBA action, which we can get into, but. I want to watch the freaking stars, man. I know. And it, I know. It just, it's like it's like anytime I click on a game, and and on the TV side, and I do have the league pass, and I click on it open to a game, right? So I'm all right. The broadcasters are setting up what's what's coming up. I always kind of cringe because if I haven't checked the injury report or whatever, I'm always expecting a star player for one team or the other to be out. And last night, it literally I hadn't been paying attention. I'm like, hey, four thirty game. 
I'm going to watch this this Kings Cavs game. I'm going to watch the Laker Philly game. I got the multiple screens going. I'm freaking excited, Whitey. And like two seconds in, it's like, well, no De'Aaron Fox for Sacramento, and uh, no Donovan Mitchell for the Cavs. And I'm like, what the what? Is- I know. Come you're, on. You're you're right. Our, our mutual friend Jerry Reynolds, who used to coach the Kings, he says what they should do is just come out with a list every day of the players who are playing because that would be shorter than the list of players who aren't playing every day. Tell me who is going to play so so that I have some idea. Um, One of the things that's really surprised me, J.D., about this season to this point, it's so wide open, and I think that works in the Warriors' favor. They're off to the slow start, but you you look at the standings like, well, they could be further back, but it's so wide open, and I saw some numbers – um, since the NBA expanded to 29 teams in 1996, typically at the quarter pole, which is about where we are now, there's, uh, let's see, about nine teams that are within three games of 500. Okay. So since 1996, quarter pole, average of nine teams within what is, three games of what 500. What is it this year? 24? 17. <laughs> it's the most, I think, the most 17 teams are right there. So. You know, maybe the Warriors have a little more wiggle room when I say, oh, they got to add somebody. I don't know. Maybe they don't. Maybe if they can um, get everybody healthy and figure things out with the second unit, maybe they'll be right there in this league in which there's more parity than there's ever been, at least to this point in NBA history. Yeah, a couple of questions on the board here. Celtics in town tonight. What do the Warriors have to do, if anything, to get back to that, that championship tier? I think right now... Uh, the Warriors at 13 and 13 are not there. Can they get there? Yes. How do they get there, I think, is is the question. Is it is it continuing to develop the young players to be more of a factor? That could be part of it. Or do they have to go out uh, from the outside and add if you want to get back to the Celtics-Bucks level of play? Uh, that all is intertwined with James Wiseman, who played and played well last night for Santa Cruz, one of his better games with Santa Cruz, 24 points on 9 to 10 shooting, had 10 rebounds, was a, a plus 29 uh, in another G League stint after getting a few minutes in Salt Lake City the other night. We're talking about the, the Utah debacle and back to 500 now for the Warriors with injuries, which I think muddies this as they play the Celtics tonight. And then this this long trip that awaits beginning on Tuesday with Milwaukee and Indiana, Philly and Toronto, the Knicks and the Nets before the Warriors are, are back home at Christmas. And and I maintain, and you can disagree with me if you want, but I maintain this thing is is a lot more fragile than meets the eye right now for the Warriors. I agree with that. And I, I got to tell you, J.D., we've gone through stretches like this the last well, two years before this, right? Going back to the playing year, there were stretches where the Warriors, you know, it was all kind of hanging in the balance. And, of course, that year ended up badly. Last year, they won a championship. But we all know there were stretches there where, wow, it looked like things were unraveling. And then what happens? The playoffs started. They played Denver, and boom, it clicked. It all came together. So I think that speaks to the difficulty when you're a team like the Warriors, a veteran team. You've won championships. You've got an aging core. There's that gravity that's always pulling you back to the pack. And I think this year they're dealing with that again. Um, they won a championship last year. Early in the season, they had to go to Japan. Uh, you know, Draymond's playing great. But he had, the, of course, the fight. So that's what the Warriors have been dealing with, not just this year. But I don't know about you. There are times this year, early in the year, where I was reminded. It's like I felt this same way during the play-in year and last year during their rough stretches. So I think some of that is just the nature of where they are right now as they struggle with this 
ability to win with an aging core and develop the young players. It's just something happens to, to really good teams as they get older. Interesting text from the 510 on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Joe Lacob loves Wiseman. No way he gets traded. But then the second part of it was, was really what I wanted to touch on. This stretch isn't any different than last year's rough stretch. I disagree with that. Th- this team is not as good as last year's team. They, they, they just aren't. And, and all you got to do is look back at, at where this team was after 26 games a year ago. They were 21-5. and five. So, yeah, from 18-2 and two to 21-5. and five. So they were 18-2, and two, and then they ended up, what, 3-3 three and three over a, over a six-game stretch, I guess, right around this time. But they were 21-5, and five, but they had such a cushion, Whitey, that they could get through tough times and a, and a bad loss here and a tough loss there. And they did have stretches like this last year, but they, were all, they played the entire season from – a position of advantage so one or two individual games don't feel like a lot or something that could create uh, you know a, a real tailspin to me this year it's different but the, the, here's the reality why they're just this team's not as good yeah. can they win a title maybe but the reality is this team is not as good as last year's team was yeah that texture may be right but i'm with you i don't think they are and that'd be great if they they are but you're right i mean you look at um what the Warriors had to work with last year. And look how great Peyton played. You could have kept Peyton, and there's no way he would be playing as well as he did last year. He's not even playing at all now. But he was great last year. And Porter and you know Bielitsa had his moments. I'm with you. You just look at it. If you try to look at it clinically, um, it, they had more talent on the roster. That's why I say, and I, I'm sure they recognize this, if it is the case, as I think it is, they need help this year. If they want to get back to where they were last year, the roster has to be improved. You're right. That's why I say it's it's the struggles, I think, are a little more troubling than they were last year because they need more help. Last year, they had Clay coming back. Oh, Clay's coming back. Well, Clay's back now, and, you know, for this year, he's probably not going to be close to what he used to be. He's going to be up and down. He's had his moments. So I do think they need help if they want to be a championship team. And as far as what whether Lakeham will trade Wiseman or not, I don't know, but I think that's a fascinating question. It, it really is. And and look, the, the texture's not the only one. I mean, you do hear things. There are a lot of people that believe you know, that's the, the final step, essentially, in, in deciding to trade Wiseman would be having Lakeup come to terms that with the fact that he's comfortable with it, which, I mean, the Warriors operate in a manner that has been extremely successful, so it's hard mm-hmm. to argue with the way they've gone about it. And I think Joe Lacob does have more basketball acumen than than most owners, and so I think he, he factors himself into the conversation. But we've also seen times where he's trusted those in his organization who have had differing opinions. I mean, that has been, I think, the biggest a big part of the Warriors' success is the fact that he can have his take or like a player or, or not want to make a move, but he can be the a, a vote in the wrong direction, and he's willing to accept that and, and roll with the other people that he's put in place to make basketball decisions. So I, I would not say that it's absolute or that he would be defiant to making a move that would help this team. I think that's just foolishness. We know he loves James Wiseman, but he also loves those championship trophies, doesn't he? And if he could make a move that would clearly upgrade their chances to win this year, I think he would be willing to trade Jimmy. Well, it's funny because I, I tend to view – we got a lot of this last year with 
you know, the time is now. It's right there in front of the Warriors. They can win it. They have to, like, you know, go all in. Like, there were, there were all, of, all of those things we talked about a lot. You know, this team has to add. This team, it, I mean, it felt like there was more of a, a push for that from the outside last year in a weird way. And, and, and I, I almost look at it the opposite. Like, I was more the patient approach last year. Like, I think this team can have enough. I don't think they need a big. If, you know, if, if they can get everybody healthy, they can make a run. Like, it just, there were only a couple of teams that could beat them, but those teams were flawed, and we saw that as the playoffs went out. They, they caught a break, I think, that Dallas knocked out Phoenix, which we've talked about a lot. You know, the Grizzlies weren't quite ready. You know, to beat them last year, so that worked in their favor with the championship experience and, and everything in play there. So I think it, it's interesting, Whitey, because last year I thought they had enough if they could get everybody on the same page. This year I look at it the opposite way. This year I don't think they have enough, but I also view it as you're right there to, to the way you opened the segment about wide open. Hey, it being yeah. wide open. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the Celtics are on another level. I think the Bucks are a little bit below that. I think we've already seen in the West. I mean, the Pelicans are one right now. The Suns are not what they were. The Grizzlies are pretty good, but but have had a lot of injuries and are trying to find themselves with some new players on their roster. Don't sleep on Denver. I, mean, I know you're not historically a big Denver guy, but they're a good team this year. I, I like Denver. I, I got to see Jamal Murray become more of a factor. I know he hit the, the game winner yeah. in Portland the other night. And I mean... And no, no disrespect, but the Sacramento Kings are the fifth best team in the Western Conference right now. Mm-hmm, I mean mm-hmm. that that tells you how wide open it is. And no disrespect to them, we can maybe talk about them a little bit later on in the program. I think you know they look like they're a good team. They look like they're a decent, you know, low forties, maybe even mid forties kind of a team. Like they're they're starting to prove it more and more. Not to make it about them, Whitey, but. The point I'm getting at is it's wide freaking open. This is the year, I think, to go for it to where maybe you could get another championship. Yeah, I I agree. I I do think the Warriors, and it's kind of surprising given what they've accomplished and what we know about them and what we know about their core, I think this year's team, J.D., they're still struggling to find that identity a little bit. And I think some of that is because they want to be, once again, a really solid defensive team, and that's been elusive. They're really not. They've been trending in the right direction. But last year, you know, they were a really good defensive team. This year's team isn't. I think they're struggling to get back to that. Are they going to need to add to the roster in order to help them get back to that? So I think that's part of it. This Warrior team, and, you know, offensively even, they haven't been – Great. They've been a fine three-point shooting team. High percentage of their points have come off the three-point shot. It's early enough here where there's no reason to panic about this, but I think it's a little surprising to say this. Maybe you disagree, but I think the world champion Warriors right now, this year's team, they're still struggling a little bit to figure out who exactly this team is. I, I think you're right, and, and this feels like the year to, to chase it a little bit. Like it, it goes back to who's not here. I mean, think about how big Gary Payton II was, and, and this is not to go back and relitigate the decisions to keep or not. I mean, those players are not coming back. But and, they, and he's not even Gary playing now, as I said. He's not even playing yeah. now, but yeah, he was great last year. So they, they miss that. Yeah. They miss Otto Porter. You know, Jermichael Green has not been the Otto Porter level of, of – you know, play and, and significance and helping them win. Gary Payton the second, maybe maybe Kaminga could do some of those things here and there. Uh, but I think you you look at it top to bottom, and and this team just they aren't as good. And I think they were counting on Pool to be 
what he was last year, and he hasn't quite been even what he was last year. I think they were counting on a better level from Clay Thompson. You know, we have the debate about oh, is Clay back? I still maintain Whitey. You know, Clay can't be back until he's played more good games than bad games in the games that he's played, and I don't think he's played more good games than bad games in the twenty or so or whatever he's played. I think he's had. You know, it was joking with this it was Steiny on the Warriors Weekly podcast. You know, if Clay's played twenty games and you were just giving him a record. For a hey, good game, bad game, what, eight and twelve, maybe something like that. Not you know, mm-hmm. seven and thirteen. As far as like like, so it's you know, it's kind of coming around. But then there's games like Wednesday night where where he's still making some some mistakes, and and you look at his line at the end of the night. Like if they had won the game Wednesday, you'd look at his game and you'd be like, all right, he didn't shoot it well, but you needed him and he helped you win. But when he's right there in the mix with two losing plays in the final thirty seconds. Uh, did make a winning play with the block on uh, on Fontecchio. <laughs> Simone Fontecchio, with, yeah. Yeah, well, who ended up with the dunk to win it. But it just, he hasn't been as good. And Curry's been out of this. See, Curry and Draymond, I think, have been tremendous for the most part. I think Looney's been tremendous. I think Wiggins has been tremendous. So they've they've had similar levels from from those guys, not from Clay or Poole, and, and the bench is has been passable lately, but it still is not what it was in terms of real, truly trustable players that can impact the game in a positive way. Yeah, you made some really interesting points there in terms of improvement of the team. Every team, whether you're the worst team in the league or the best team in any league, whatever the sport, you want to get better the next year. And, of course, the way the system is set up, it's harder for the good teams to get better. They give the better draft picks to the lesser teams. But how is this Warrior team better than last year? How did they hope to be better? How did they expect to be better? They expected, oh, Clay will be better. So far, he's shown signs, but has he been really better than last year? Not dramatically, right? Even if you're going to say yes, not dramatically so, not yet anyway. Still could be. Wiggins has been better, but he's hurt right now. Poole is uh, – see, I think Poole is just always going to be kind of a, a an inconsistent player. I think he's going to be a good player, but I still think he's going to be up and down with his shooting. So then how are we better? And they have to make that decision. Do we still have the wherewithal to get improvement from our young players? Can we still be better with this group, or do we have to go out and get somebody? And I'm with you. I know we've said this already. I think it's pretty clear to me right now that when the time comes where you're able to start making moves – you really take advantage of the fact that it's so wide open. You really need to look really strongly, long and hard, at bringing in somebody, making a trade, because you've got an opportunity to win another championship this year, but I don't think you do with this current group. And if you're going to make a move like that, how do you how do you get a, a good player in here? Yeah. That's where you have to start easy. looking at yeah. you know who who would you trade, and you'd have to trade somebody that that ha- you'd have to trade somebody that would hurt to trade. And I think that's where you start to look at the young players, and it's Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody. And I would set Moody aside. I think the Warriors like the trajectory of Kaminga. I think his upside is is a lot higher than any of the three. I I, I think. I mean, you you hit on it earlier. He starts making three point shots. He he works on his handle. He could become a dynamic type player in addition to the the flash plays that he makes on both ends. Currently, he needs to you know simplify the game and continue to play more consistently, but it, it all leads back to Wiseman. And I think the other part of grappling with do you make a Wiseman deal, Whitey, is I think the thought over the time that Wiseman's been with the Warriors and the belief that 
he could either be a, a part of the future for the Warriors or he could be a, a potential future trade chip for the Warriors. But I think the belief, regardless of where you fell, would be if you think he's going to be a trade chip, that you would look at it as, well, you're going to get a star back, right? Because this guy was the number two player in the draft, and he's going to be part of this package. And you know, Bradley Beal or Ben Simmons, I'm going way back to you know yeah. 18 months ago at, at this point, and, and the Warriors are, are good for those trades not being made, Whitey. But now I think the bar is now it's just could you trade Wiseman for a role player? Could you trade Rise? Could you trade Wise? And and I think that raises its own second set of questions as to would you be willing to would you be willing to trade Wiseman for a backup center or a backup wing or something like that? that and that's an, the part. Yeah, that would be an admission that yeah he he wasn't as good as we thought. We it, missed yeah, on the pick like, basically. Yeah. Would you would you trade would you trade him for? Jay Crowder, you know what I mean, and I like that's, and I think that would you trade him for uh, Jakob Pertl? You know, somebody that plays a similar position. But I would, but I, I get but your I point. A, yeah, yeah. But a lot of Warrior fans would be like, "What? Trade him for a role player? Trade yeah. him for a you know? Trade yeah. him for a like that? That is unappealing, I yeah. think. And I wonder how unappealing that would be to potentially the owner of the team. Yeah, it depends on how good the player is coming back. You're right. That's certainly a big part of it. I just want to say this real quick, if I may. As you know, I was, uh, and I think you liked him too, uh, you know, Kuminga's playing really well now, and it looks like that could all work out for everybody. But I was a big <laughs> Franz Wagner guy, and I, I've been you getting were. hammered by some people ever since. Like, what do you want to take Franz Wagner? Did you happen to see what Franz Wagner did last night, J.D.? I don't know if you... you I didn't. I'm, yeah. I, I will admit... I don't watch a lot of okay. I don't watch a lot of Orlando games. <laughs> they beat Toronto that. and I think he had 34. He was 12 of 15 from the floor, Franz Wagner. 34 yeah. points. 8 of 8 at the line. Yeah. Wow, I'm looking at his, I'm looking at yeah. Wow. Yeah. Five so, boards, couple yeah. of, couple so, steals. He's not bad. That's all I'm saying. As a guy that I wanted that people have been making fun of me for wanting, he's not a bad player at all. 34 last night, 12 of 15 shooting. Maybe I should watch the the Magic a little bit more. They're kind of fun, I mean, I but uh, yeah, they're they're a little puzzling. They've just got like almost fifteen lottery picks, and it's still not quite working. They've had the they had uh, Wagner and Wagner start yes. last night. Oh, did they? they? Okay, yeah. Yeah, they, they had Mo Wagner play. Is Paulo uh, back yet? Is Bancaro playing? Played, again? Okay. Yeah, he had a good game last night. Yeah. He had. I'm just again. I'm box score scouting here from yeah. his game. But yeah, twenty three <laughs> six and four. All last right. night for yeah. for Boncaro in 38 minutes. Yeah, they beat Toronto uh, in in Orlando last night. It's hard for me. Like we we'll do this at some point. We do it every year. The 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 your league pass rankings or your most and least watchable. It's tough to be an Eastern Conference team near the bottom and get on the J. Even if you have young talent, which the Magic do, it's tough to get on the on the JD watch list. Really? As a yeah, it really is. How about OKC? So See, because okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. OKC, no. I like watching them for that reason. No. Okay. OKC's, OKC doesn't quite do it for me. Like, yeah. you got to be – in the East, you got to be – Milwaukee, Boston. I love watching Boston. You got to be Milwaukee, Boston. I'm I'm even out on Cleveland now. I think they're I think they're. I, you don't I'll think they're credit. elite. You don't think they're an elite. I, they are absolutely not elite. Cleveland is one. Like I am. Like there is no way Cleveland is not elite. They are better than they were last year. I feel like they they've threaded the needle of you know they got Mitchell. We talked about the Cavs got Mitchell. Because they wanted to be better than they were last year. The Timberwolves got Gobert because they wanted to be low. The Timberwolves are not any better than they were last year. They're a play-in team, 7-10, to 10, somewhere in there. They're playing the better Cavs since Cat, be better. Cat's out, and they're playing better, by the way. But, yeah. Yeah, the Cavs, similar. They got Donovan Mitchell because they were a play-in team, young players. They wanted to get a star. They are better. They are not a contender, though. But good, they're, they're a fun team to watch. They're a fun team to watch. I hate watching Brooklyn. I hate watching Indiana. <laughs> I don't even like watching Philly. Atlanta kind of annoys me. Uh, yeah, there just aren't a lot of teams in the. There aren't a lot of teams in the in the East. Uh, there aren't a lot. You know, the Knicks and Raptors. I don't mind if maybe they're playing a home game because I like the atmosphere in their in their yeah, buildings. Yeah. But yeah, I'm all West, man. Give me Pelicans, Grizzlies, Suns, Nuggets. Kings are a good watch. Utah's been a good watch. Dallas, Minnesota, Portland. I don't really like watching the Clippers. Uh, I don't like watching the Clippers or the Lakers. Or the Spurs or the Rockets. Yeah, but, uh, r- real quick because I know we got a break, but you, I'm sure you saw this. Uh, Cleveland last night, they didn't have Donovan Mitchell. But they lost to the Kings. It was a close game. And then the fourth quarter, Sacramento went on a 19-0 run. Finished the game. 19-0 run. What? Yeah. Yeah, Im- impressive. And they, they've played a little bit better defensive late uh, as well. Not much at the beginning. But, but some of that's on the Cavs. You're home and you give up a 19-0 run. <laughs> No, no doubt. Uh, he's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. 888-957-9570. We will continue here. Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, halfway through, we're rolling along here. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. 888-957-9570. Warriors and Celtics tonight from Chase. Give us a call or shoot us a text at 888-957-9570 as we're talking all things Warriors, trying to make some sense of 
the debacle in the closing seconds at Utah, where the Warriors go from here now, injured but back at 13-13, and 13, no Wiggins tonight. But they do get Steph Curry and Draymond Green back. And how do the Warriors, why do you get back to the level of the elites in the NBA? Really, I think we're talking about the East, though, at this point. Nobody running away with the West that would figure to be a legitimate threat at the level of the Celtics and even the Bucks, the top two teams right now in the Eastern Conference. Celtics 21-5, and Milwaukee 19-6, and and the Celtics are just playing out of this world to this to this point of the season. Yeah, and who do the Warriors play their next two games tonight? They're uh, home to Boston. Tuesday, they visit the Milwaukee Bucks. And I think we're going to know, no matter how you feel about where the Warriors are right now, where they're going, what they need to do, I think we're all going to have a clear idea, J.D., uh, once the Warriors play Memphis on Christmas. So this eight-game stretch. Boston tonight, then you're on the road at Milwaukee, at Indiana, at Philly, at Toronto, at the Knicks, at Brooklyn, and then you're home on Christmas to play the Memphis Grizzlies. So that's a good stretch here, and I think after that we're going to have a much clearer idea, don't you, of where the this team is and what they may or may not need to do to get back to contender uh, status. Yeah, and, and that's where I think the losses, and we've been talking about this this morning in these last two games – uh, against Indiana and Utah, really, really are crushers because there's. I, I think there's a difference between thirteen and thirteen and, and fifteen and eleven, and just mm-hmm. you know being stable, being fully stabilized. I think they they felt they had had stabilized it. You're right. Really, even going back to last weekend, the the two wins against the Bulls and the Rockets, they didn't play really well in either one of those games, and it caught up with them in the game against Indiana. Steph was a little banged up, I think, in that game against Indiana, and now you move forward, and, and he and Draymond don't play against Utah. You lose Wiggins for that game and tonight, and potentially more. I mean, he's set to be reevaluated on Monday before the Warriors head to Milwaukee and, and begin the long trip, but it, it doesn't sound like, like... A reevaluation on Monday sounds like he's at least going to be out the first two games of that trip. Well, not official, but it, it feels like that's the trend. Reevaluation isn't, hey, he's coming back tomorrow in Milwaukee. Yeah, it's not uh, bad news necessarily, but it's certainly not It's certainly not uh, <laughs> good news. So fingers crossed for, for Andrew Wiggins. Um I, did you have any idea that Andrew Nebhard was anywhere near as good as he was? I know we're not here to talk about the Pacers, but that loss to the Pacers, they're shorthanded. And I know he went to Gonzaga last year and he'd had a big game in L.A. on this road trip. He was unbelievable. The Warriors are sending two guys at him late in the game to get the ball out of his hands. He had a great game. He shot the ball well and made some great passes, too. Yeah, I, I, I did not. Think I did not know. Uh, I've seen him have some good games. <laughs> yeah, Whitey. I I've seen him play. I've seen him be okay though too. Like I right. don't. I mean, he he's got a high you know, night tonight. He can have a high ceiling, I guess, versus somebody that that looks like a rookie. But yeah, the Pacers do seem. While I don't love watching them, they do seem like they've got some some young talent that to where they've got a nice core and a couple of trade chips potentially. I mean, Miles Turner, somebody that could be on the move at, at some point, and, and they could continue to Buddy. to go young. Yeah, and Buddy Heal, too, could be. And he had a big night last night. Miles Turner, I, at some point his name is probably going to pop up again uh, in relation to a, a Warriors rumor. I don't want Miles Turner. Nice player, not a very good rebounder, not great in transition. Um, I think 
Indiana probably would have kept Sabonis and traded him if they could have, but they needed to get something back, and I don't think they would have gotten back for Turner uh, nearly what they got back for Sabonis. So I, as far as that goes, and I, I'm getting ahead of the game a little bit, Miles Turner is a player I'm not interested in. Buddy Heald is a really good shooter. He, yeah. I, I don't know that he would grasp the way the Warriors play. I still, right now, if there's a guy that we think is out there that I'd be interested in from the Warriors' standpoint, it's still Jakob Pertl. But also, if there, I don't know if there are any guards that can really guard people, defend, and give you a little offense, kind of like what Peyton did. I'd be interested in that, but I, there's nobody out there uh, like that that I know. But we'll know more after these, these eight games here that start tonight with the Celtics. No, I, I think that's a, a great way of looking at it. And, again, you're starting that stretch at, at 500. So if you can't go 500 over that stretch – you're looking at being below 500 on Christmas. And at yeah. that point, I think, you know, still plenty of season to, to get it rolling. We did see the Warriors flip a, a 3-7 and seven into a 13-11 and 11 relatively quickly with a, with a 10 out yep. of 14, and one of those games was a developmental game. It was really 10 out of 13 if you want to factor out the, the Pelicans game. But this team's got some they, – they just have some work to do, and I think you're re- – I think, you know, there was a text – earlier that I thought summed this up beautifully uh, from the 5-1-0, J.D. and Whitey, the Warriors haven't played as hard as they can all year. They thought they could coast. If they played every game hard like the Celtics will, uh, they'd be fine. And I think that's – they can't – I do think they thought they could coast, but you have to work harder – like once you don't win some of these games and you're and you are 13 and 13 and maybe you are 16 and 17 or 15 and 18 you know at, at Christmas that just means you're gonna have to work harder over the remaining games I, th- I thought it was interesting you know, Steve Kerr had a comment pregame before the Utah game in, in Salt Lake City as he met with reporters he was talking about Steph and how Steph was a little banged up in the Indiana game, it led to him missing the game against Utah and the fact that, you know, Steph, he mentioned real candidly, you know, Steph's getting a little bit older, it's a little tougher to bounce back off of the back-to-backs and the three and fours and the and the little things. It just takes longer. He can get there, but it takes longer sure. for him to get back to 100 or close to 100. And the context was, hey, if we're not careful and we play him banged up over and over and over trying to, you know, work harder to get all these wins, that's not going to end well for anybody, for Steph, for the for the team or whatever. But again, I think that's another one of these statements, Whitey, as to just how fragile this whole thing is right now for the Warriors because they felt the need to, even at the risk of taking a loss in Utah, and it was a game they still should have won when it came down to it, but even at the risk of taking a loss, they're viewing that big picture as as more important. That's the chasing wins debate just packaged differently, really. that That's really what that is, and it, it makes a ton of sense. Which is more troubling to you, the fact that the Warriors have lost so many games against teams that we know they, they should beat, or the fact that, and of course, the game against Utah was both of these things, or the fact that they just lose so many close games. You go back to the Dallas game, as you were talking about, you know, how they'd been playing better. They lose a Dallas game at the end. And, and you mentioned the stats uh, earlier, their numbers in crunch time, so-called crunch time um, situations. They've been really bad this year. So which, which of those trends to you is a little more troubling, losing to teams they should beat or just not being able to win many of these close games? 
I, I think it's close games more than anything because that's been that's been good teams and and bad teams. Yeah. I think the bad teams thing has been. I, I mean, it, we're really talking about that trip. I, I think Detroit, at the Charlotte, of the year. yeah, yeah, Orlando, and, yeah. And I and I think that's where I would even in in the context of hey it's October early November I can give you a little bit of a benefit of the doubt there except but they I, just lost to Utah and Indiana. Yeah, although I mean Utah and Indiana are both I think both have better records than the Warriors do right now, and and I, I mean I had to I had to parse that out after Monday. I was looking, God, Indiana left Chase thirteen and. 11 I think at, the, at yeah, that point but so, they're really shorthanded but I get your point yeah, yeah, yeah no I look they were bad losses I thought the, I, I said on the post game show I thought the Indiana game and and you can say that you know you could say the Utah game was the worst loss based on the position they were in with 13 seconds to go but I thought the Indiana game at home with the Pacers as shorthanded as they were and the Warriors having everybody mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought that was the worst loss of the season because to me that was worse than you know, and the Pacers were at the end of a trip. I think they had one more game to go in, in Minnesota, but but basically at the end of the West Coast portion of what was a six game, I think six games on the West Coast before they played a, a seventh game in, in Minnesota on the way back home. I thought that was the worst loss of the season because you know road games that are tied with five minutes to go. You know, clearly the Warriors weren't right at the beginning of the year. Like you could say, or and a lot of people came down my road and said, JD, Orlando and Detroit and, you know, all these games, Charlotte, who's, who's been an awful team. Like, and they, and they lost every one of these, you know, consecutively on, on that trip back in early November. And I think, I thought at home though you got to win that game against Indiana and and they just weren't ready to play. They hadn't played well over the weekend really against Chicago and and the Rockets, but yeah. it figured out ways to win. And so I I don't know why. I I thought that was a a bad one. But again, the Pacers and the Jazz to this point are, are really have been no different in terms of success level than the Warriors have been. That's true. Yeah, and the Jazz are having a a, a nice season. In, in Indiana, though, they were just they were without not only Duarte but without Halliburton and without Turner. So I- anyway, uh, you know, you can quibble about which loss was worse. They're all they've they've been too many, far too many bad losses to this point. And you got Boston coming in tonight, so it'll be interesting to see. All right, if part of the issue for the Warriors is that they're not ready to play on certain nights because of, you know, that it's just they've been doing it for so long, then that certainly should not be an issue tonight, right? Nationally televised game, you've had some time off. That shouldn't be a problem tonight. If you have a problem tonight, it's going to be based probably, if you have a problem, maybe they win tonight, it's going to be based on the fact that you've struggled so much with your defense and your transition defense because Boston – it's a little different team than the one the Warriors beat in the finals. It looks to this point like it's a better team. That Boston team, the Warriors were able to take advantage of them when they were in their half-court offense. They're better offensively, and they also get out and, and, and run better and more efficiently, so they're not in the half-court as much. This is a better Boston team than the Warriors played in the finals. Are the Warriors better than they were in the finals? No. Well, where are they? What are they going to have? Are they going to have the belly for the fight tonight against the, the Celtics? Yeah, I, I think yeah, not ready to play is is in the issue tonight. No, tonight, it better not be. No, yeah, <laughs> I, I think we're going to see energy. I think we're going to see fight. I think we're going to see uh, an an electric atmosphere inside the building. Like I think all of those things are going to be full display, yep, yep. Whitey. But yeah. the, the problem tonight is you might you might just not be good enough because right. you aren't as because you aren't as good. 
like you said, and you don't have Wiggins, and they're better mm-hmm. than, than they were going back to, to when you faced him in June. And I think they are on one right now, talking about the Celtics. They've got a little of that edge of we've got something to prove, we're better, and we're not going to be denied this year after getting denied by Steph and, and Draymond and everybody else down the stretch, Wiggins, in the final three games of that final series. Well, we talk a lot about the Warriors and the championship pedigree, and we should see some of that tonight. How far will that go? How, how much will that mean for, uh, for the Warriors, who obviously know that these guys are going to come in, and they're mad that we beat them. They think we're better than us, and on our home floor, we're going to show them that they're not there yet. So looking forward to tonight, and as I said earlier, the way these teams shoot the ball. Three-point shots are going to fly. It's going to come down to how well the Warriors are able to defend, specifically how well they're able to defend uh, Tatum and Brown tonight. Without Wiggins, tall order, but fingers crossed. A lot of people on the text line, Xfinity Mobile text line, Whitey throwing out there, the Warriors need a center. The Warriors need a big man. They, they need you know, Hassan Whiteside's name. Pirtle's name comes up. That would obviously have to be a trade uh, if it would be Jakob Pirtle. Uh, is it a big versus a wing? I still tend to think it's more of a wing than a big because the Warriors want to play small. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm more open-minded to adding a big this year than I was last year. But how, how do you sort of parse that out? It depends who it is. Not to dodge the question, but Pirtle, I think, would be a really good fit for the way the Warriors play. Um, whereas Jay Crowder would help in some ways, but I don't know... As far as the question about which position, it just depends on who. I, of the players that we think could really be available, and it hasn't been a very expansive list at this point, Pirtle makes a lot of sense to me. But I, I don't think the Warriors can afford to go into it saying, well, we need a big or we need a wing. There's a number of guys that can help, guys who play different positions, as long as they can defend and help the Warriors get better at that end. That's more important than what position they play and how exactly they're going to do it. Uh, another text here, Whitey. Uh, Wagner, coming down your road a little bit, Wagner <laughs> is allowed to do things Kaminga isn't. Not a fair comparison to, to those two, although they did go back-to-back in the draft. So I think there is a little bit of a, of a comparison there. But Wagner's just a much more skilled player. I'm just saying he's good, and then it wasn't stage. ridiculous that I said the Warriors should take him. That's all I'm saying. He's pretty damn good, well, and a lot of people came down my road about that when I said he'd they be take he'd him. be yeah. helping he'd yeah. be helping yeah. the Warriors right now. Yeah, there, there's there's no doubt about it. He, mm-hmm. And he would have been a perfect fit. But it, but this goes back to the Warriors in a lot of ways chose projects over. Like there were players in both drafts that that could have helped the Warriors immediately. I mean, there's a world where the Warriors could have wound up with. With, with Wagner and and Halliburton. Halliburton, yeah, my two guys. I mean, you could have both of them. Yeah, I know, I know. No, they swung for the fences. You're right. They went for potential, and they knew there was risk involved. And we'll see. So far, it hasn't worked out with Wiseman, but they were trying to land their future core superstar players because they figure if you're the Warriors, like, we don't get a chance to pick second very often, so let's go after a guy who maybe can be a foundational piece. And I think the other part to it is the fact that they I and they would quibble with this. I think Bob Myers would would definitely quibble with this. Uh, but I I'm I'm going to say it anyway and put put my name on it. I mean, I I think they underestimated I think they thought they would get more out of out of out of Wiseman, Kaminga and Moody. Uh, it's one thing to say, hey, do you choose players that would fit and be more of an impact and you know players with a lower ceiling but but could fit in more quickly. I I think they underestimate like I think they thought hey Wiseman by now 
would be, at a minimum, a legitimate backup center that you know you could play 15 to 20 minutes a game. And Kaminga would be a rotation player. that would. I just think they thought that all three of these guys would be in the rotation by now and not killing you on some of the nights where they don't play well because that's the one thing that's been true. And they've all played varying degrees of success. Wiseman, for the most part, has been bad. But even Kaminga, on the nights where Kaminga's bad, he kills you. And I think that's where I think they're the Warriors I think they miscalculated a little bit on that. Well, it kind of reminds me in a way of the Giants. The the plan was, I agree with you, to this point, we talk about how did the Warriors think they'd be better. They thought, you know, our younger guys should be another year, they should be more developed. And at least one of these guys is probably going to be very good. Maybe Kuminga will be. But it kind of reminds me of the Giants where their plan was, you know, going back a couple years, oh, we got the young guys and and they're going to develop. And the young guys just haven't developed for the Giants, which is one of the reasons they're where they are. And I think that you're right. The Warriors thought by now, and I know Bob Myers was on with, uh, I think it was you and Steiny, right? And he said, yeah, if we get one and a half out of these guys, we're happy. But their plan coming into this year was to get something out of all three of those guys. And I thought there was a realistic chance they thought all three guys would be rotational um, mainstays by now. I think that's the way they planned it, yeah. and then they figured out very quickly that, uh-oh, yeah. like, this isn't going to work. And, yeah. not on, and not only is it not going to work, but we're, we're not, we can't beat Orlando or, or Detroit or Charlotte playing these guys all together at the same time. And so they, they quit doing it, and immediately they flipped. You know, Wiseman's not in the fold. He gets sent out. Moody's not playing. Kaminga's playing a little bit here, a little more there, not at all here, but you know, varying degree. But Kaminga was the one clearly in this stretch that they've honed in on. Okay, he's got the best chance to help right now. But basically, the other two hadn't been a part of it at all. They go 10-4. and four. Yeah, and that speaks to something you and I really talked about a lot two weeks ago when I was last on with you. Draymond saved the second unit. You know, they're playing the Rockets. Uh, Kendra Andrews wrote about this at ESPN.com. When they're playing the Rockets and they're playing well, and then the second unit comes in and they go on a, Houston goes on a 13-0 run, and they put Draymond in there. Steve Kerr said, we got to try to stabilize the, the second unit, and Draymond, to a large degree, has done that, and it speaks to the fact that he's way more important to the Warriors going forward than, than they probably imagined he would be after he struggled last year in the finals. So it comes down to Draymond, and next year, all right, so the young guys aren't where we thought they would be or hoped they'd be, and then Draymond, who we thought, maybe it's time for him to go somewhere else we may need him more than we thought so you just you know you have your plans but you never know how it's actually going to work out and then you add it all up and you look at at the last two losses and being 13 and 13 and I think they were they were really close to getting it completely stabilized yes I agree quite able to finish the deal and now I feel like it's all yeah I I feel like it's 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 almost in a way like tonight and I guess we're going to look back and the 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 turning point was really Monday against the Pacers but it feels like we're in now a third stretch there was the three and seven stretch to begin it there were the things that fixed it to get them to 13 and 11 and now with the the two games leading up to this next eight I think this this 10 game stretch overall is almost the it's the third phase, Whitey, of, of, of this Warrior season, and it's one that, much like that first 10-game stretch, they're going to have to survive without having it uh, absolutely crush them. All right, two hours in the books, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason will come back. Final hour of Warriors this week on a Saturday at 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.